MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. A happy Thursday to all of you. And Amal, breaking news last night, while Nightcap was on the air, Urban Meyer fired as Jacksonville Jaguar head coach after only 13 games, finishes with a 2-11 and record there. And you didn't get a chance to watch uh, Tim Murray and Sean King's reaction to it. It's pretty priceless. You can find it on Twitter. Sean King's stance, and my question to you was, Fire on the Jags this week. This team will have their best performance of the season. Agree or disagree before we get into Urban? I think that'll be true. I think the disdain for Urban Meyer was absolutely evident, and now you'll see a much better effort against a winnable game against the Houston Texans. Revenge spot here for the Jags anyway. We've taken several bets already on Jacksonville. Circa, actually, up to 5.5 at this time. Still 3.5 at DraftKings. I think this number will move as we get closer to Sunday. tend to agree with you. I think Jacksonville's probably a team you could take a look at. 5.5 is a little bit preposterous, though, for them to be favored over anyone. The tenure of Urban Meyer uh, in Florida was certainly um, troublesome from the beginning. Remember, training camp, he was violating NFL rules with the training camp. We even heard Michael Lombardi talk this week. He's still having two-and-a-half-hour practices at this time of the year, unheard of in the NFL. Uh, they were not successful on the field. He made comments. He cut people based on uh, inoculation status, whether they'd gotten the COVID, the vaccine or not, which is illegal to, to do in the end. And they had to come back and retract those statements. The performance on the field, poor, obviously, 2-11. and 11. And then just the events of, of everyone in that, in that building down there coming out and saying how he called the coaches losers, the assistant coaches, arguments with Trevor Lawrence about the use of the running game um, Sunday, 
could barely look at Mike Vrabel during the handshake after the loss there. They asked him about his safety's playing time. He said he's getting more playing time. The kid didn't get one snap that week. I mean, I wanted him to ask him next week, make up a name and ask him about that guy's playing time, see if he even knows who's on his roster. And then, of course, the big news yesterday that came out after we were on the air, Josh Lambeau, the former kicker, said that Urban actually kicked him in practice and made some demeaning remarks to him. Yeah, and Lambeau just kicked uh, Urban Meyer's entire career to the curb. Uh, that's the reality of it. He's not going to be, I think he's going to be persona non grata in terms of TV now as well. Uh, I mean, then again, they hired A-Rod, so I figure Ben Johnson's going to be doing the next 100-meter dash at the Summer Olympics for NBC in 2024. But when you look at it, to me, he's done coaching. At the NFL level, definitively, at the collegiate level, I almost 99%, unless somebody's just so desperate to win that you're going to be willing to put up with it. But I think in today's day and age in the climate, a guy like Urban Meyer is going to have a very hard time. Remember, Urban Meyer was 83-9 and at Ohio State, and he got pushed out because of the Zach Smith situation. So that tells you all you need to know. If a program like Ohio State, a guy whose dream job was Ohio State, they force you out after winning, what, almost 90% of your games? And you're gone. I think he's done. And here, here's the real challenge for him. He's still pretty young. What is he, early or mid-50s? Mike, I don't think a network is going to bring him back on after the Lambeau situation. I just think it looks really bad. The way he handled everything in Jacksonville was bad. I think the networks will have the same issues as schools do with Urban. The thread you can, you can run from Ohio State and the domestic violence and him not doing anything about it to the kicking of the kicker mm-hmm. uh, in the camp. His seeming hypocrisy with his evangelical Christian stances on things, and then we we see the behavior which doesn't um, comport with it. I would agree with you. I don't think we see him again in a public job. I tend to agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think from that standpoint, he's done. But, you know, it's really unfortunate. I was on with Lombardi earlier, and I said, he's a dictator. I said, if you want to be a dictator, there's plenty of countries in West Africa he could have overthrown. The bottom line is, he has not understood when you get to the NFL, first of all, you got to treat people with respect there. Second, and you got to do that anywhere and everywhere in life. That's not just applicable to the NFL, collegiate football, whatever. But the bottom line is he didn't do that. He thought he could run it as a dictator like you can in college, in essence. And he, even though he had a tremendous track record, I don't think people thought his style was going to work, not just from a coaching standpoint, but more of how you handle the team, and it was bad. Well, one of Michael Lombardi's points was, that he didn't know enough about the game technically to even help his assistant coaches in Jacksonville. Well, I think there's a lot of coaches around the league that you can point to from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, and, and Lombardi, who had called for his firing now for three weeks, said what free agent would ever go down there if Urban Meyer was the head coach, right. having witnessed everything that went on. All right, let's transition to the top five um, power rankings that I do every Thursday. Obviously, a shakeup at the top. Um, with the Arizona Cardinals losing on Monday night to the Rams and also DeAndre Hopkins out for the season. Your thoughts on how that affects the Cards' playoff chances before I reveal my top five? I think it's a huge blow. I, look, for me, DeAndre Hopkins, look, you want to say Devontae Adams, whomever else, he's right there in the top three, top five, however you want to slice it. It's a big blow because it makes A.J. Green better. It makes everyone in the receiving core better. It impacts Kyler Murray as well. I mean, you throw anything up to Nuke, he's going to bring it down, except that fourth down catch was such a rare drop for him. So I I can see you downgrading them. All right, the Cardinals were number one in my rankings going into the week. Based on the loss and the DeAndre Hopkins news, they come in at number five this week for me. You know, um, when you look at that, I'm not surprised because I'm guessing right now you've got Green Bay, you've got Tampa Bay, You've got New England, and you've got the Chiefs ahead of them. Not in that order, but those are the four teams I have ahead of them. So let's get to number four. Patriots had a bye. I kept them at fourth. Um, We're going to see a lot here on Indianapolis, I think, on Saturday night, how good this team is against an Indianapolis team that will test them on both sides of the ball. 
there'll be no swirling wind for Bill Belichick to outcoach the opposing head coach. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, they did a tremendous job. Love their game plan in Foxborough, and they got the W. Now, critical game here, because I still think this Colts team is dangerous. Nobody is overwhelming in the AFC, so I think there's an opportunity for the Colts sneak into the postseason with that running game. Who has a better running game, the Colts or the Patriots? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Indianapolis. I think Jonathan Taylor is an absolute beast. Um, then I'm, I had last week um, the Chiefs uh, at number three. Um, I'm going to move them up to two, and I'm going to move the Buccaneers uh, up to number three. So coming at number three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fourth quarter, beside the meltdown a little bit in the fourth quarter and letting the Bills get back into that game. Really, for the better part of three quarters, they dominated that game. I like what Tom Brady's being able to do here offensively. He still has, I mean, these passes that he makes, he was more aggressive in the running game. I think he ran for three or four first downs uh, on third down, punishing actually his body and, and getting extra yards to do that. This team seems to me to be gelling a bit like they did last year when they went on that run. And then the Chiefs I have coming in at number two off the impressive victory over the Raiders in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I like your order there. I think the Chiefs are playing well. I think the Chiefs are a dangerous team at this point in time. Uh, you know, we'll get into it later on today mm -hmm. in terms of the plays, but I think Kansas City's very much alive to not only get back to the show, but to win it all. And then, finally, the, the Packers move up from number two to number one. I had the Packers at number one um, for several weeks. Interesting game for them this weekend. They go into Baltimore. We don't know if Lamar Jackson's playing or not. Right now, the line sits at five and a half. I'm not going to touch that game until I know Jackson's status. Yeah, you know, the line's a little bit high, but I'll tell you, for me, it doesn't matter if Lamar plays or not from a um, from a winning and losing standpoint. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to absolutely just eat this defense apart. I mean, it just eat him up, rather. And they, they, with the injuries that they've had in the secondary, losing a player of Mal, uh, Marlon Humphrey's uh, ability is a huge blow when you're going up against a guy like Devontae Adams. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the game tonight because the number has shifted again, Amal. Remember, it was three, went to four, Stayed solid at three for a couple of days. Most spots now, um, the Chiefs now laying three and a half on the road at the Chargers. This move off of the three, does it inspire a bet on the home dog for you? No, it doesn't because I like Kansas City in this game. But here at Circa, it's three minus 120, so you yeah. can get that three still. I think it's a critical number here. I think they win this game despite the fact there's no Jones in the middle of that line. I still think they'll be fine. I, I just think in the indoor environment, Patrick Mahomes is just absolutely unbelievable. 11-0 in division road games. Think about that for a minute. This guy has a chance to sweep division opponents for the fourth consecutive year as a starter on the road. That's amazing. Yeah, Mitch asked me this morning if I like the total here, 52.5, now up to 50. I really don't. You know, as a, you know, I'm a totals player. So are you, Amal, and we like to play unders. In today's NFL, with the pass interference, the subjectivity of it, and that penalty being so punitive in 50, 60 yards, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. These quarterbacks throw the ball short, and they're going to get a penalty on the defender as their receiver stops to catch up to the ball. I would agree with you, and I tell you, it's hard to take these games under. And everybody does it now where you look around on an incompletion and you're waiting to see if there's a flag that wasn't from the television angle where you couldn't see it. Is there something going to be called? Yeah. Let's talk about a couple of uh, teaser legs, um, and we'll get into them more in the show here. Uh, which games are best for teasing? We've taken that approach to the NFL this year from a teaser perspective. This game now at uh, three and a half, would you be interested in teasing the Chargers up to 10? Or you're solidly on the Chiefs here. Tonight. I would not. I'm solid on the right. Kansas City Chiefs. Game with tremendous movement, a six points movement, someplace seven with the news of Cleveland with COVID. The Raiders are now favored at Cleveland by one or one and a half. Is this tempting to tease the Browns up 
to seven or seven and a half. It, it is. Uh, I still think Keenum will be okay for them. Uh, they'll be fine, but I, I'm not ready to take the Raiders. You know, you mentioned it, the, the, obviously a huge blow in terms of Brown's postseason chances with all the COVID uh, news, but I, I don't know if I want to take the Raiders, even despite all the issues with the Browns at this point. Tonight, Cap, on Saturday is a game we mentioned, Patriots at Colts. This game was two and a half. You can find two in some spots in favor of the home team. We'll go a long way towards shaping the AFC playoff picture. Is it tempting to tease the Patriots up through this three and seven here? Yes, very much so. Uh, I think they're going to be. It's going to be a tight game. I, I believe the Colts win this game by a three to four point margin. Um, but when you get to that, you know, additional points with the Patriots, they look very much da- a very dangerous team. The NFC East teams uh, face off this weekend. The Cowboys are at the Giants. This line was ten and a half, now up to eleven. If you teased it at all, would you tease the Giants up or the Cowboys down under a touchdown? Bet the game straight or pass? Uh, I would pass on this game altogether. Uh, I think it's a tough spot, too. It's just a lot of points to me. It, it is at the 11. I, I don't like teasing the Cowboys down to four on the road because they. I, I think they're going to win the game, but that, that seems like a big number. Yeah, I agree with you there. And then one other game I want to talk about, Titans-Steelers. Titans and Steelers. Titans still a one-point favorite here. You know, Tomlin always seems to bounce back. He's not had a year under 500. Is this a spot where you like the, the Steelers or tease them up through the seven? Steelers uh, through the seven would be great. Catch an eight at home or even just take a flat seven on a yeah. six-point teaser. They all seem to look good after bad games, yeah, too. They they, really they've, had, they've had a lot of zigzag, uh, the Steelers have this year. Okay, up next, we're going to continue our bowl preview, which can be found on YouTube. We're going to take a look at the Fr- Frisco Football Classic, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, and the Easy Point Hawaii Bowl. That's next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I call my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or a mall's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strings, so you can easily find the satisfaction level. That's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with Amal, Sean Amal. We've been doing the bowl previews here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we're going to do another three today. These can be found on YouTube on the channel, and they're good breakdown for two or three minutes, especially with Amal's knowledge. Let's start with the Frisco Football Classic. That's next Thursday. Kicks at 1230 Pacific, 330 Eastern time, featuring North Texas and Miami of Ohio, another MAC team, Conference USA matchup. Miami of Ohio here, both teams coming in at 6-6, six and six is favored, though, in this matchup, Amal, with a total of 54. Yeah, this North Texas team has really caught fire down the stretch. They've won five in a row. Now, the one negative would be if you look at the teams they've beaten outside of UTSA. But remember, when they beat UTSA, they didn't need that game. They were already in the Conference USA championship game. Uh, you really point to how well this team has been able to play. It, it, that's been the key for UNTs to get to this bowl game. Mike, think about this. This team was 1-6. and six. They won their a little bit like Old Dominion with the run they went on at the end of the year to qualify. Absolutely. And Austin Newton's been outstanding at the quarterback position, but I still favor Miami in this game. I think they're a little bit more of a complete team. 
I like Gabbard at the quarterback position for them. And if you haven't seen Sorensen, terrific receiver who's going to find a way onto an NFL roster. He's a good player. I, I like this Miami team laying three here. Remember, this is not even a trip. This is about a 20-minute ride from Denton to Frisco for North Texas. So from that standpoint, it'll be a little easier. But remember, for a bowl game, teams arrive in plenty of time. I think the Red Hawks are a little bit more of a complete team who didn't have a great year but can be very competitive. You could argue Miami of Ohio the best defense uh, in the MAC, right? And you look at the scores of these games. Yeah. And let's not forget, early in the year, they went to Minneapolis as well and played uh, the Golden Gophers to within one score. I would agree with you. They're more complete on both sides of the ball. Do you think the geography is any factor at all in this game? I, I do not. But to your point, real quickly, on the losses for Miami, four yeah. losses by less than a single score. One was against Cincinnati by 35 points. No shame in that. Yeah. They lose to Eastern Michigan by one. They lose to Kent State by two. I mean, this team has been extremely competitive. I like the Red Hawks here. I would agree with you. Okay, here comes a game in Florida with two Florida teams. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, that's also next Thursday following the Frisco Bowl, kicks 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock on the East in Florida, featuring uh, at least one team that didn't think they'd be playing in a bowl game at least this early. Now, this is going to be from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, where the Buccaneers play their home games. It's that Gasparilla Bowl. Gasparilla uh, uh, celebrates the Pirates and all that heritage in that part of the world and all that you're familiar with. We're going to see Central Florida take on the University of Florida in this game, we know Florida had a very disappointing season, finishing at 6-6. Six and six. Had to beat Florida State um, to become bowl eligible in their last game under the interim coach after Dan Mullen was fired. UCF comes in at 8-4, and four, spread 6.5. The Gators are laying with a total of 55.5. At first blush, wouldn't you favor laying the 6.5 with Florida in this game? Uh, not necessarily. I, I, I thought about that. I think this is an important game to both teams. I think Florida will come out and play well in Tampa. You're not that far away from the campus. And remember, for our UCF, not too far away either. About an hour drive to Raymond James from the Orlando campus. Mike, this is going to be one of the non-premier bowl games that I think is going to be extremely competitive. Uh, Mikey Keene takes over at quarterback now. We see Dylan Gabriel in the transfer portal for UCF. Let's see how this offense flourishes here. I think Osmal on and company will have some tricks up their sleeve for this um Florida team at the on the flip side if you are Florida is this Emory Jones potential last opportunity to really showcase anything for Billy Napier because I think Anthony Richardson is the incumbent uh, excuse me the heir apparent uh, in terms of taking over for the Florida Gators at the quarterback position let's see how Florida fares in this one I'm telling you I'm leaning towards taking the six and a half here I disagree and I think it's more important to Florida this game at least in, in trying to turn you've made the coaching change mm -hmm. You don't want to get embarrassed and lose to Central Florida in this spot, it, it, it's, especially as far as recruiting goes for Napier. Excellent point. However, where I disagree with you is, to me, when you are UCF, make no mistake about it, you're at UCF because Miami, Florida, and FSU didn't offer you. Okay? That's just the way it is. You got an opportunity now. You're not going to get to schedule Florida because they're not going to want to play you. It's not a it's a lose-lose for them. This is your opportunity to showcase, hey, Listen, we are arguably right now the best team in the state. It's a complete toss-up as to who is at this point in time, but it's there for the taking. And this would be an opportunity for Gus Malzahn to establish himself because, remember, they're going to be moving to the Big 12. So there's a great opportunity. Yeah. Recruiting is going to be absolutely cutthroat with Napier there, Malzahn, Norvell, and, of course, um, uh, Mario Cristobal at Miami. Total 55-and-a-half here, Amal. Any lean... I look at it from the perspective of when you watch that Florida-Florida State game, it came from a defensive mindset. I had several in-game unders there that I cashed. Yeah. And Malzone, you know, is a run-first coach. He, he runs, you know, people run to set up the pass. He passes to set up the run. He loves to run the football. I think 55-and-a-half might be a tad high. 
Yeah, um, you know, I don't have an opinion on this total, but I would again, I'd be a little bit opposite to you here. I think we could see some big plays in this game. I think we could see some scoring. Look, I don't really believe one of these teams is going to be held under 28 points. I think somebody will get to maybe 31 or even a little bit higher. I, I think this game gets over the total. The, to me, Florida, if they bring their A game, should be able to score some points against this UCF defense. On the flip side, I think uh, UCF should have an opportunity or two in this game as well. Okay, and then traditionally on Christmas Eve, we have the single standout game in the evening, the Hawaii Bowl. And again, we have it this year. This is game is going to be at 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern. It's been some high-scoring games through the years, uh, these Hawaii Bowls. Um, this year, we get a matchup between Memphis and the host team, Hawaii. Hawaii 6-7. and seven. Of course, they get the extra game because of all the travel. Memphis coming in at 6-6, six and six, but favored on the road here, Amal, 7.5 with a total of 56.5. Yeah, um, number seems a little bit big for me in this one. I, I look at this team, Cordero at quarterback for Hawaii. They can throw the ball all around the yard. By the way, Todd Graham gets fired from Arizona State and lucks into one of the great jobs in college football. If you're not necessarily trying to compete for a national championship. Quality of life jobs. Quality of life job, absolutely. This game and the Rose Bowl are the two games when you live anywhere in the Midwest or in the Northeast, you say to yourself, why do I not live in Honolulu or why do I not live in Southern California? But um, to me, I think there's a few too many points. This Memphis team has been average at best. They're, they had that fluke win against Mississippi State. Not really that consistent this year from a standpoint of what you would expect out of them. But if you haven't seen Calvin Austin play, this is a terrific player on the outside for the Tigers. Look at Hawaii. Remember, they dealt Fresno State a loss on the island in a, in a high-scoring game. And then they close out the year. They go to the mainland to the highest st stadium in terms of elevation in the continental United States, War Memorial Stadium in Laramie, and absolutely smoke Wyoming in cold weather here. I agree with you. It's too many points. I'm taking the seven and a half in the spot of all. Yeah, I, as will I. I. I think they've got, listen, Mike, I think they've got a chance to win this football game. And the one other thing to remember is, and I go back, you probably remember this game. Remember when Luke Staley and BYU went to the islands with an undefeated team and they end up losing yep. that game? I'm not saying this Hawaii team is like on that level, but there have been so many teams over the years that have gone out to the islands and they have just a flat game. And I think that's something to pay attention to. So if you're going to bet Hawaii, take a look at the money line. All right, let's hit a couple more teasers in the NFL this weekend. Uh, I want to talk these games. I won't be here tomorrow. Dave Ross will be filling in. So I want to get your opinion on these games because I might have some plays on them based on that. Cardinals at Lions. Um, this game was 13. Um, you can find spots with 12 and a half uh, or now down to 12 here. Obviously, the DeAndre Hopkins injury news uh, affecting the line. Lions were ravaged by COVID last week. That game actually was thought to be might have been moved to Monday. They did play it in Denver on Sunday. Really had nobody left on defense, and the Broncos decided, hey, we just need to run the ball. We don't even really need Teddy Two Gloves to throw it. It's a lot of points here. Is this a game you would look at teasing the Lions up to 18, teasing the Cardinals down under a touchdown, playing it straight or passing? I would probably tease the Lions up to 18, 19 points. Uh, I mean, that's still a ton of points. You know, if you can put together anywhere between 10 and 14 points, you got a great chance to be able to cover that number. So I would look at the Lions up on this one. Panthers at Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, there was some talk of whether he was going to play or not. It hasn't been decided yet. Line reflects that he will be playing. They are laying 11 against the Carolina Panthers. We saw Cam start but get benched in favor of P.J. Walker against the Falcons in the home loss this past weekend. I'll tell you now before you give me your opinion. I would much rather tease the Panthers up to 17 than the Bills down to 5. Yeah, I think 18, 16, 17 or 18 yeah. is a big number there. Uh, but I'll tell you why I am opposed to that. I think there's a great chance to cover that. I think this is the type of game, and a lot of people don't do this. I think this is a game where you tease both sides. Mm -hmm. I think you tease Buffalo down and you tease Carolina up. I think this game is going to be somewhere in between those two margins. 
I don't think uh, Carolina is going to win this game on the road or keep it within that single score. I, I like Buffalo here between 7 to 14 points. All right, Jets at Dolphins. I've been on the Dolphins several times this year. Start out 1-7, and seven, actually have a playoff chance. I know they need a lot to happen. One of those things is for them to keep winning games. Frank Schwab was on with us. He talked about the possibility the Dolphins could win out. Uh, they're at home to the Jets, laying 9.5. Do you tease the Dolphins down under the 3? Do you tease the Jets up or pass? I would, I would take the Dolphins straight. I'd lay the nine. Yeah, I would. I think this Jets team is bad, and I think Miami's playing well. I think it's a great opportunity for them, their defense, to slow down this uh, Jets team. I think it will definitely be the number one pick in Survivor this week. Yes. Only 23 entries remaining. All right, when we come back, we're actually going to take a look at the NBA. What a fantastic night it was last night, and preview tonight's slate. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College bowl season starts tomorrow, and VSIN has got you covered with our all new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. Whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high value props, the VSIN College Bowl Betting Guide can help give you an edge. Get your digital copy today for only $19.99 at vsin.com slash bowl guide. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with the Mall Shots, right? Kicks off tomorrow. Bowl season in mass. I love it. I think you can find some interesting matchups and value and, and going in and looking at trends with different teams and trends overall in college football, as well as particular matchup and player evaluations. Uh, well worth $19.99 or just getting your subscription for $22 a month or this mid-season special as well. There's all kinds of deals out there for you at Visa. And Amal Shaw joins me here on Odds On, an NBA better, a prolific NBA better. I don't know how much of you caught last night of the NBA, but there was some fantastic basketball and fantastic finishes, including Austin Rivers' three-point shot. Yeah, uh, if you watch this shot, Reeves got absolutely mauled. I mean mauled. How it wasn't yeah. an and one is beyond me, Mike. You know, it was critical because some of the people got the line of three and a half. Mm -hmm. And so an opportunity there. So I said, you got to jump on at one and a half, and then maybe get off it if you didn't feel like you liked the situation. But a little bit of concern from the Lakers' point of view that you got to go to overtime against the Mavericks without Luka Doncic. You got your big three in the lineup and still barely get through. Yeah, an incredible ending in that they fought for the rebound. The, the Mavs, the defensive rebound with five seconds left. The Lakers end up hitting the three to send the game to overtime. The fantastic finish, Oklahoma City and the Pelicans. Uh, Alexander hits the long three-pointer about 42 feet mm -hmm. to tie it up, and then a 70-foot three at the buzzer to win for the Pelicans. The <laughs> greatest, if you listen to the announcers, the announcers are still trying to describe the three to tie it, and they see the ball going, they just stop. It's dead silence, and the ball goes in. And the disbelief on the face of the uh, Thunder fans. Yeah, absolutely. One of the few games they thought they had a chance to be able to win against the New Orleans Pelicans. Miami had a big win last night without Jimmy Butler in the game. They led. Philadelphia came back, but Miami prevailed in the end. Uh, over the 76ers. Yeah, you know, give them a lot of credit here. No Bam Adebayo, no, obviously, you mentioned a Jimmy Butler. This team has been decimated by injuries, but they continue to stay the course. This team's going to be dangerous once they get healthy in the Eastern Conference. A real challenger to Milwaukee and Brooklyn. We'll see what happens. I want to bring up another game real quick, Mike, uh, yesterday. I'm a little bit mad at myself that I laid off of this one, and that was the Bucks and the Pacers. Mm. No Giannis, no Lopez in there, and no DiVincenzo, but 
I didn't understand Indianapolis or the, excuse me, Indiana being a road favorite at Milwaukee. Uh, Bucks get it done fairly comfortably by 15 points. Now, granted, it was the fourth quarter. They needed that explosion, but still they get it done at home. How about the Cleveland Cavaliers who covered their 13th straight game last night? Well, when you look at this team between Mobley and um, um, uh, Allen, excuse me, uh, this team has been unbelievable in terms of what they're able to do defensively. They are just absolutely suffocating teams. This game wasn't even close. They ended up no. winning by 35, and it was a 30-point lead in the second quarter. Midway through the second quarter, yeah. they went on this huge run, and they had they had the Rockets doubled up, and I think they were up 31 at half of them all. They've got a good pieces right now. When you look at Allen, you look at Mobley, who's going to be a real superstar, and then Garland as well. Colin Sexton injured, but I think Colin Sexton's a piece that's expendable. You could potentially trade to improve your roster if somebody's willing to take him off your hands once he gets healthy. But Mobley's going to be a player. Sexton out of that powerhouse program in Tuscaloosa. Let's take let's take a look at NBA MVP odds as they currently stand. Amal, Steph is your overwhelming favorite right now at plus one thirty. Kevin Durant the second choice at three fifty. Giannis six to one. Uh, Nikola Jokic thirteen to one. Are we sleeping on Nikola Jokic right now? Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that he's been tremendous. His numbers are actually better than they were last year. But at the same time, the team has struggled. It is putting so much pressure on him, and I think that's the challenge. And you look at the start that Golden State has had this year, I can see why Curry is the odds-on favorite at this point in time. Uh, anybody in this 30, 40, 50 range that you're looking at that has a shot right now, or is it down to these these top three probably? Uh, I I would say top four because I would include Jokic in there. I, I think he's got a legitimate shot. At thirteen to one, you know Giannis at six fifty. I don't know for some reason I'm not I'm not on the Giannis bandwagon in terms of the MVP. I, I listen. I'm a huge Giannis fan. There's no denying his talent and what he can do. But how about KD? I mean, right now doing it without Kyrie, Harden has been inconsistent. I think Kevin Durant's got to get a lot of recognition for what he's been able to do. LeBron is sitting at sixty to one. Is there any year you can count on LeBron if he stays healthy and plays, you know, seventy four, seventy five games plus? I, I don't follow your question. What do you mean you can count? You're saying count him out of the MVP. Oh, race. count him out. I'm sorry to hear you. Sixty to one. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to win it because nope. first of all, this team has been pedestrian, and on top of it, you've got too many other pieces there. When you look at the other guys that we're pointing to, Steph's doing it without Clay. KD's doing it without um, uh, Kyrie Irving. Giannis doesn't really necessarily. Middleton's been in and out of the lineup. Jokic is doing it without Murray and Porter. So these are all guys that are putting on performances without a supporting cast. The same that LeBron has. All right, let's take a look at the slate tonight in the NBA. And we'll start out in, in Indiana where, as you said last night, they were a road favorite at Milwaukee. Milwaukee got the job done. Pistons at Pacers tonight. Pacers laying 10.5 with a total of 210. Are the Pistons the worst team in the association? And are you willing to lay the points with the Pacers tonight? I'm not willing to lay the points because they're coming off that back-to-back in Milwaukee. Pretty short road trip, but still, I don't like it. And you are absolutely right. This Pistons team is... Horrific. 12 losses in a row, 4-22 and 22 overall. Um, they're just not good. And, you know, they're looking at potentially now trading Jeremy Grant. Uh, I'm not sure where this program goes. It's just a bad, bad basketball situation for a team that has done well historically. Let's see if they can get on track. But I don't think tonight's the night. Staying away from this game completely. As we mentioned, the 76ers lost at home last night. I think they were with a 7.5, 8-point favorite against the Heat. Now they have the back-to-back going to Brooklyn to play the Nets. Nets are a one-point favorite with a total of 216.5. Joel Embiid came up small in the big moment last night, going 0 for 4 at winning time. Okay, he had a bad night. Come on, man. Get off his back. Just, I'm, I'm just pointing something out. I mean, I know, you know, if, I, if you, you took the 76ers money on. line, you're not forgetting about oh, that. Hold on. Did you get this from our guy, Britton? 
I get everything from our guy, Britain. Well, the reason why I said that, because I, I didn't argue with him this morning when he was telling me, I like him beat. I think he's a terrific player. Britain was kind of on him a little bit rough. Look, he had a bad game. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's an aside. You, so you're not playing this game tonight, 76? No, I am. Actually, I'm going to take Philly. You are? Yeah, because if you look at all the guys in COVID for Brooklyn right now, Harden, James Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge, just too many guys at this point in time. I'm I'm gonna take. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because Britain just yelled in my ear, ridiculous. I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't care. It's a back to back, and I just criticized the Pacers, but it's an 11 point line. Philly is going to win this basketball game tonight. Why do they pair us with the producers that love the NBA? That's the bigger the bigger question here. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you this. By way. the way, I'm getting back into the NBA because David Stern's not there anymore. Are, are these big guys, these superstar big guys, like um, Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid? Are they winners? I mean, these guys just to me, they're just like they're not winners. Anthony, they don't take. Who was the other one you said? Embiid and Davis are they winners? Are they don't are they going to take their teams to championships? Okay, so first of all, let's start with Anthony Davis. I still believe he's a top five player in the league, but I think he's gotten a little bit complacent in terms of wanting to be truly great. I think he should be the best player in the NBA. When you, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to see Anthony Davis in person, he is a big man. And I'll tell you what, he can shoot from the perimeter. He can do everything he can, anywhere on the floor he can play. He can guard basically three, four, and five. He can do it all. Actually, he can probably guard one through five. I think he should be a guy who's contending for a defensive player of the year and for league MVP. And beat the one problem is he's got that kind of like Greg Oden, Bill Walton situation where injuries are always going to be a concern. But look at the talent. This guy's in the mid-80s at the free throw line, can shoot the three ball, can put it on the deck and do everything. Needs a supporting cast. They have the talent in Ben Simmons, but he's a head case, and that's the problem. Knicks uh, are in Houston tonight taking on the Rockets. Knicks, a five-point road favorite. Rockets off the back-to-back, losing in Cleveland last night. Total of 214. Do you like the Knicks as a road favorite? I know you don't love the road chalk. And then after your opinion on the game, is this year's Knicks edition better, worse, or the same as last year's team? I love your follow-up question. Now, let's start with this game tonight. I like the Knicks here. Four-game losing streak. I think it comes to an end. Rockets were embarrassed last night, so I think they'll give a little bit better or more spirited effort tonight. But I think the Knicks realize if you defend like they did last year, they got an opportunity to easily take care of business against the Rockets here. Not my favorite spot to take a road chalk, but I'm going to do it here with the Knicks tonight. You asked a very good question in terms of are they uh, the same, better, or worse than last year. I think they're worse. I think last year they caught a lot of people by surprise. Now people are starting to realize, hey, this is a better than 500 team. we got to get up for this game, and you're starting to see the difference. I thought Julius Randle played above what he really is last year. I thought he was a good player, but he kind of got anointed as being a better player than he was because he plays in New York. It happened the same thing with Lynn Sanity, right? Guy gets more credit than he probably deserves because he plays in that New York market. I think Julius Randle is a victim of the same thing. How big a step can Thibodeau take with this team over the next few years? Obviously, um, big improvement last year. But does he benefit from such low expectations that they've had in New York? Well, yes and no, because if you start winning in New York, they're going to expect you to win a championship, right? you got the Yankees right down the road in terms of what they've been able to do for decades. But to me, when you look at it, I don't think they can win the way they're constructed and the way the Eastern Conference is set up. You've got three teams to four teams right now that are far better than you. I look at Boston as being on their level, maybe a little bit better if they're healthy completely, the Celtics. Now, Knicks, Knicks need another player or two to really make a push to be a true contender to even consider getting back to, let alone the conference finals, to the NBA finals. Western Conference odds right now. Warriors plus 280, Suns 4-1, to one, Lakers plus 425. You betting the Warriors at 280? I want to. It's hard, hard to bet against them right now. Steph is unbelievable. He yeah. really is. All right, when we come back, I've got a newsflash for you. Mr. Amal Shaw 
as a play this week. I finally got... The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, LA, and now New York. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with Amal Shaw. Stop the presses. Amal is putting his money where his mouth is. He has a play for us today, and I think it's something he's been talking about all week. Uh, first of all, Mike, you know what? There was not a lot of college basketball. There were all these minus 19 favorites and stuff. By the way, Arizona last night, leading by five, with 14 minutes to go, still covers the number. 25. I had, I had him in my nightly 10-team money line parlay that I had to sweat out Wisconsin, who was, who was down 13 points. Should have come back with Wisconsin second half against Nichols State when they were down nine at the break. I didn't. I just sweated it out, and we got there. And then I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, can you believe Arizona is only up by single digits in this game? But then they, they got there in the end. My final leg was actually UNLV, who was down three with like 10 minutes to go, but ended up winning by double digits. Yeah, they won by 19. Another comfortable yeah. win there as well. <laughs> Let's start out in the NFL tonight. Uh, Chargers, Chiefs, uh, this is a road team here. Uh, I like Kansas City. I think they're playing extremely well. I think the Chargers have a lot of question marks still defensively. No Jones in that defensive front for KC should have a little bit of an impact on the run game in terms of how they slow it down for the Chargers. But I like Kansas City here, and this is going to solidify the division for them. If they lose this game tonight, Mike, I think the Chargers will end up winning this division. And then we're going to go soccer in a direct head-to-head matchup between Mike Palm and I, both different numbers. Um, Got Chelsea at minus 123 against Everton, under three goals. Palm has... Over. Over. Are you sure it wasn't a misprint? Could you have anticipated I'd be on an over in a soccer game? Hold on. No. And then it's Chelsea, so no chance. Yeah, but Chelsea has been. This Thomas Teichel, we're going to strip him of his title defensive guru, this crowd. No, no. I mean, they're giving up three goals a game. They look terrible in Champions League the last few outings. Right now, these are probably the best two over teams outside of Liverpool or Man City that can put a, a five spot on anybody. In the EPL right now. So I'm actually oppo you. It's a one-unit play. I'm actually, I, I don't know. Is this the first soccer over I've bet? I can't remember the last one. If it is, it's only the second one ever. I laid the 140. I went over two and a half. Everyone will be happy if it lands three, right? Well, you'll get a push, and I'll be happy. Um, we'll, oh, that's fine. I can we'll take see how that. the game goes. But I would say this. Both of us will have in-game opportunities. Yeah. We're betting this because we have in-game opportunities. Yesterday, by the way, um, the pitter-patter of, of Little Feet, Wolverhampton. We told you bet it under two and a half. Bet it under two, one and a half, three, three and a half, five, whatever you could find it. Um, shocking there was a goal in the game, one nothing final, so we cashed there. I like this matchup tonight. Who do you have listed? It was Nedeljkovic earlier, but not with a strong lean against Freddie Anderson. I like this game under tonight. Red Wings, Hurricanes, first period under one and a half at even money. Remember, if it is Nedeljkovic, it's the homecoming to Raleigh. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I yeah. think big game here. I think the fans will come out. They're going to honor him just like. Can you imagine when the first time the, that the Blackhawks are back here against the Knights, what a reception Fleury will get as well. Uh, and then my other game is uh, Chiefs at three for one unit. I agree with them all here. The game's not available anymore. I'm not laying three and a half, just to put it out there. It's three. I don't recommend it at three and a half. 
Uh, I tend to agree with you there. If you're going to play this one, play it at three. By the way, some good news real quick from the Chelsea game, Mike. Uh, it's been about two minutes, and Chelsea has not given up a goal yet. You're now, you're now a favorite over me. <laughs> favorite over me in this spot. Let me get off. What's under two and a half? Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a look at the night on the ice. Um, if A couple of games here, and then we'll finish with some more, some more teaser talk. Uh, should be a pretty decent game tonight in South Florida in the Rat Bend. Uh, in sunrise between the Panthers and the Kings. Kings have been playing better as of late, getting good goaltending. Um, Panthers here laying a dollar fifty a mall total five and a half, shaded a bit to the over a dollar twenty. You know what? I, I just think simply because of the COVID situation, you got a couple of guys out for the Panthers with COVID. That's why I think you're seeing this number as cheap as it is. Peterson's going to start tonight. No, Jonathan Quick. I am surprised that this thing is as low as it is, Mike. This Panthers team continues to play well overall. Uh, they're a dangerous team when you go big picture in the National Hockey League, potentially for the season. Cal Peterson, Notre Dame alum. The Knights, the second of their six-game road trick. They opened it in Boston the other night with an impressive 4-1 victory over the Bees, uh, who are a cheap home favorite. Now they go to New Jersey, who I liked the other night, got smoked by Philadelphia coming home off the road trip after losing 10 in a row, three wins in a row for the Flyers. Devils at home here against VGK. VGK, heavy favorite, minus 175 on the road. Plus $1.40 if you want to lay the puck line with a total of six shaded under 120. Yeah, Laurent Broussard going to get the start tonight. Mike, this number is preposterous. It's either the Devils or no play. Come on. Minus 175 uh, with on the road. Broussard. Yeah. With the, the, the French dip. Okay. <laughs> uh, we talked about Red Wings, Hurricanes. Any thought on the game? I like the under. Hurricanes are $1.90 favorite at home against the Wings. You know, uh, Freddie Anderson continues to play extremely well. This team is very tough at home. I, Mike, I, I'll tell you one thing I've learned from you is playing these first periods are a way to look, and I think I'm going to look at that. If not, I was going to look at the under five and a half here, but I think I'll probably join you on the under first period. Avalanche at Predators. Uh, Avalanche continue to be red hot after a slow start. On the road in Nashville tonight, Avs, heavy road chalk, landed $1.70, total here six, shaded over 115 Look, the, the Avalanche are playing well, but I still think it's too high of a price. They've won five in a row. To me, uh, this is just not a number I want to lay with them. Darcy Kemper in net tonight against UC Saros. Um, you know, I tell you, this is why I love hockey. You could take a two-teamer tonight. Preds and Devils, take a shot with both of these teams. Good prices on a return on a small two-team parlay. I lean a little bit under here, six, with that goaltending matchup. I know Colorado's explosive, but Nashville, uh, a much better team at home than they are on the road. Oilers hosting the Blue Jackets. This is diff- disappointing season so far for Columbus. The Oilers, who lost to, to the Maple Leafs. Remember, the Leafs is a road favorite the other night. I know. I couldn't believe they, dominate, they got dominated. Uh, Oilers, a huge home favorite. Uh, lane 215 at home. Puck line, minus a, a puck and a half, plus 120. With a high total, six and a half, uh, shaded under 15 cents. I don't want to lay this type of number with the Oilers here, even though I think they'll win. Stuart Skinner in net tonight, but he's just two and five for the Oilers in between the pipes. Um, Merzlikens going to go for the Blue Jackets in this one, Mike. You know, sometimes it's tough with some of these matchups. You expect Edmonton to win, but at 215, this is not the type of prices you want to be laying long-term. So just a complete stay away here unless you're going to take a shot on the puck line. And lastly, Canucks at Sharks. Sharks home favorite, $1.30, total 5.5. Pick them. Yeah, this is a Sharks team that has been far more competitive. Aiden Hill in net tonight going against your person, Margaret Thatcher Demko for the (laughs) Vancouver Canucks in this one. Um, I think this is a good price on the Sharks here at, on, at home at minus 130. Okay, let's go back to the teaser's legs. I want to hit the rest of the games here while I can pick your brain. Uh, the Woofdas, the Washington fush, football team uh, at Lincoln Financial taking on the Eagles. This number just keeps going up, up to nine. As we've seen in games before, the Eagles tend to get blasted over the weekend as well and right before kick. 
A big number here, nine still questions with COVID on the Washington defensive side of the football. Are you tempted to tease the Eagles down uh, under the three or the Reds or the, the football team up over 14? Uh, Philadelphia down because I think Washington, forget the COVID issues. You got Fuller and you got Jonathan Allen, just two among the many guys in COVID protocol for Washington. But more importantly, Mike, I feel like Washington's season ended on the field last weekend against Dallas when they lost that game. I thought this is still an elimination game in the NFC. If they can I mean, win this game, they're still in it. But you think the heart was taken out of them? I feel like it was. I mean, yeah, they can get in there as a wild card. I just don't necessarily see it happening. Too many injuries, too many issues right now. I like Philadelphia. I'm not going to lay nine and a half against this team, but I would tease it down all the way on a seven-point teaser at two and a half. Um. Bengals at Broncos. I've heard a lot of people and some on this network say the wrong team's favored here. Broncos favored by two and a half. Bengals had that big comeback last week against uh, the 49ers, but fell short in overtime. Are you tempted to tease the Bengals up over the through the three and the seven here, or are you on the Broncos in this game? I like the Broncos. I like the running game. I know Teddy Two Gloves hasn't played great, but I'll tell you something that I saw last week. Even though the 49ers had a couple of short fields and they capitalized on it, This Cincinnati team is inconsistent. Jamar Chase is dropping still too many balls at critical times and critical junctures. He dropped one on a third down crossing route, had an impact on that game. Um, To me, I I like Denver's defense and the running game. Boy, Mike, we talked about this last year in college with Javante Williams. He's been outstanding for the Broncos so far with him and Gordon. Falcons are at the 49ers. Falcons, big road win at Carolina last week, keeps them in the playoff hunt. 49ers get the road win as well. At Cincinnati, 49, uh, excuse me, nine and a half on this game um, with a total of 46 and a half. Tease the Falcons up, tease the Niners down. You like a side or a total? I like the total on this game. I like, what do you, what do you like? I like over. What's the total at? 46 and a half uh, was the last number I saw. Look, the Falcons aren't stopping anybody, right? And, and, and Matt Ryan's still moving the football. And with Depot Samuel in the lineup and Kittle playing the way he is, even if Garoppolo is not the most accurate passer in the league, they're still potent on offense. I don't think it's a bad argument. I, I, that's not a bad play. 27-20 gets you there. I like the Niners to cover this game. I think their defense is good enough to slow down Atlanta just enough. And I think, as you alluded to, this San Francisco offense should be able to move the ball against this Atlanta defense. They've had issues. And, you know, look, Cam Newton and P.J. Walker managed to put up 21 last week. Seahawks, Rams at SoFi. Rams are four and a half here, Amal. Do you tease the Hawks up, or do you like the Rams to continue off their bounce-back performance against the Cardinals? You know, no play here, but I would look towards the Rams laying the regular number uh, in this spot. Saints at Buccaneers, 11. Do you tease the Bucs down? The Saints up. I like the Bucs in this spot. Yeah, if you're teasing them down. Bears-Vikings, Soldier Field's been a house of horrors for Kirk Cousins. I like teasing the Bears up past 10. Agree with you there as well. All right. Tune in tomorrow. Dave Ross will be here with them all. I'm going to send in all my plays, including the bowl picks. And stay tuned to VEASAN up next, Betting Across America. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.